And the winner is... Arctic Monkeys! That subscriber content, eh? That subscriber content, it just won't go away. It might hibernate from time to time and sink back into the swamp. I think the cyclical nature of the universe in which it exists demands it adheres to some of its rules. But it's always waiting there, just around the corner, ready to make its way into your ears and smash through the gated payment system. Sounding better than ever. And there's nothing you can do about it. Benefits such as getting ad-free episodes a week early with pre- and post-show chat relating to the monkeys, Last Shadow Puppets episodes, bonus podcasts, watch-alongs, plus helping us improve our sound with better equipment and services. Yeah, this podcast seems like it's fading away sometimes, but with subscribers, it will never die. Thank you very much for listening. We do truly appreciate it. Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, yeah, we'll invoice you for the subscription if we need to. We're Arctic Monkeys, this is Don't Believe the Art. That rock and roll, eh? Ladies! That sound means it's the end of the round. Time for the bonus question. Cheers, dude. That man just yawned. We're going to call it that. Don't Believe the Art. Check this shit out. Everybody to go, will you put me on?
Mother's got some interstellar to skin boots And a helter-skelter around a little finger And I ride it endlessly She's got a Barbarella silver swimsuit And when she needs to shelter from reality She takes a dip in my daydreams My days end best when the sunset gets itself behind That little lady sitting on the passenger side It's much less picturesque without her catching the light The horizon tries but it's just not as kind on the eye Certified mind blower, knowing full well that I don't. I may suggest this somewhere from which I might know her, just to get the ball to roll. A drunken monologue's confused because it's not like I'm falling in love. I just want you to do me no good, and you look like you could. And it goes dancing by In the morning and in the night 
AM to me is like, oh, that's kind of it's kind of a perfect album. AM. I, I think that was deliberate. <laughs> Hello and welcome to an extra special bonus episode of Don't Believe the Hype, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the discography of Arctic Monkeys. Change of pace this week because AM is ten years old, so we thought because we've got to wait ages before we actually get onto the proper episodes for that album. Mm. So we thought we'd have a little. Have a little look back at what we were doing then, like reactions to the album, what we liked about it. It'd be cool. With me, Nick Lee, and 10 years on, he's still got colour in his cheeks. It's Dan Hall. Hello, Dan. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm hanging in there, mate. Hanging in. It's nice doing a little... We're recording this on a, on a Sunday... Well, in a twist of fate, <laughs> we're recording this on a Sunday night a month and about five weeks before it goes out because we were under the impression the anniversary was the 1st of August. Thought, Christ, we've got two days to to record one, and then just as we were about to hit the record button, we had a double check on Wikipedia, and it turns out it came out in September. Yeah, oh, Google did us the dirty with its some somebody put a misleading post that it was coming up, so I thought, oh, and then I googled it, and the first thing that came up was the first of August. So I wonder why that is. I wonder what. And it I was thought, erroneous. And I thought, oh, there we go. And then no, but you know, always good to have something in the back in advance. If anything like seminal happens in the next four weeks before it comes out, like they release like a, a a demo from it or something that was never released, then we'll we'll just record that and add it on. I guess <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I, I do yeah. have a, a little. A, 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 well, I have respect for Arctic Monkeys anyway, but that's that's heightened by the fact do that you? they don't tend to do these these <laughs> cash grab reissues. You know, you know when bands no, reissue albums. I think you got to do it over a long. If it's like twenty-five year anniversary, I think you're allowed to release a, a vinyl with some limited edition stuff on it. That's okay. But if you're doing it after ten years, that yeah, that is a bit. It's like it's only been ten years. It's not like. But yeah, I think you're allowed to do it after. I, I'm quite happy with a quarter of a century re-release. And if they're putting extra content on there, new stuff, then fair play. But I don't. I, I don't think Arctic's really have much left in the to release. You know, I don't think they had to. Like, well, I don't know. But I would imagine that they they've put everything out that they had for it. I would imagine. I don't know what the re-release would have. The thing is, now a lot of them now we see ones like Radio Happy without do it because they're being remastered with better technology. Whereas AM will be fine. It's not going to sound any different with some remastering, is it? So, but I always find that the when something claims to be remastered, the the sound quality difference is always negligible. There's there's never a big thing where you think, oh, this sounds bigger. This sounds great. Like all the it annoys me when I go to listen to the Beatles on Spotify and I just have to wade through so much like remastered stuff. It, mm. it makes it look like they did more than they actually did. Because you'll have about eight different yeah. versions of Abbey Road, like the various remasters they've done over the years. It's just like, what's the point, guys? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do anything for the anniversary. And this isn't a heavy deep dive. It's just a little chat because we, um, we're we obviously going to do our heavy deep dive circa 2025 
when we get to it and we'll be going in depth then so this is our, our chat about the time and stuff like that and you know songs we like and favorite songs and which are subject to change because i'm sure as we go by the time we do deep dives it's already happened with the other albums where songs yeah. that we'd forgotten or we knew but had, had not listened to for a long time we've has had positive and negative effects doing a deep dive on them i would say um like for example me having now a stronger distaste for old jelly bricks than i did a mere month yeah. ago so yeah didn't, didn't think um, that was going to be your least favorite or favorite worst nightmare did we it's still not my least favorite but yeah it's um although it's annoyed me more so it could be my least favorite just because it's pissed me off that it annoyed me so much <laughs> i guess but um so that could just start of that because the bad things like so so i just think i just ignore its existence so it's fine. just there yeah let down old deliberates is one that could come back as well at any given time and then i'd be like oh, for fuck's sake but the first time i'd be unhappy with a song in the set now nah, i wouldn't be I'd, I'd still i'd still be drunk live going do 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 going i hate this but do 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 doing this ironically it's good to reach should we give a brief little bit of information on the album i think we should should we? very brief Oh, I'm allowed on this one because it's a bonus one. Yeah. Oh, get Probably. out on these ones, yeah. <laughs> like it's a really easy on the bonus. It's like my mistress, isn't it? I'm allowed to do what I want. And get out of my system. Like an allowed mistress, like a like an open, well, an open relationship, you might say, in this day and age. All the right. Don't have to, but you might. You might. Um, AM is obviously the fifth studio album by the Arts Monkeys. It was produced by James Ford and co-produced by Ross Orton at Sage and Sound Recording in Los Angeles and Rancho de la Luna in Joshua Tree, California. And was released on the 9th of September, obviously, 2013, and went through Domino. <laughs> Not the 1st of August, unless it is. And then on, to, on the 1st of August. Now, this might have quickly been rushed out on the 1st of August because, <laughs> because suddenly we found out it was the 1st of August, but no, it wasn't. It was. I actually remembered it being September as well, but I let I let a quick Google search influence me, which the power of the internet, eh? the power of the internet. It features, we'll save that for tranquility. Um, it obviously features guest appearances by Josh Holm, Bill Ryder Jones, and Pete Thomas. Um, and drew inspiration from a wide range of genres, including psychedelic rock, blues rock, hard rock, heavy metal, desert rock, R&B, and soul. It says here, AM notably marks Artie Monkey's first venture into hip hop. Oh, I do not think that is correct. That is definitely <laughs> not correct. <laughs> yeah, and this was obviously um, their, their different uh, style of recording on this one as well. Um, they took a different path with how they would record it. It's what do you... Because I was thinking about this, because sometimes, you know, when we said about, um, like, we were listening to... 505 and going it's easy or, or other ones who said it's easy to be snobby about it as a song and going like oh you know you forget how good it is or like the first album as well i used to be like kind of like mm, yeah okay it's good but you know we've moved on but then going back and going oh now i forgot what it meant and stuff and how good it is i feel like am has, has slipped into that a bit over the past 10 years where i underappreciate how good it it was at the time and how it is good it still is obviously and how much i do like it because I mean, that's perhaps because of the band's change and going with that and then being a bit like and obviously because there's a lot with am there's a lot of fans that jumped on and then you know you get annoyed when they uh hangers on and then they start slagging them off and it's like well we only jumped on for the last one so let's not 
I don't know. My my perception is now of it is that I'm sure that when I loved all of it, and I'm sure when we do a deep dive, I'll capture back that feeling of 10 years ago because it was i mean i don't know about you but it did sort of change my life at the time a little bit i think it was such a seminal album it was so unexpected because they didn't i'd loved all their albums but i didn't expect them to do a another big album i thought we were done with that kind of after yeah. um you know the first one but yeah i just remember yeah it really changed it was just like the coolest thing ever at the time it was like the coolest thing the, anyone's the ever look, done. <laughs> along with it as well. The, the, the whole yeah. aesthetic and the look of the band which matched it so perfectly. And it, 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 it was even the sleeve just looks cool. Like the album cover. It, it's just yeah. it's cool, isn't it? Like, it was just sexy, it. wasn't it? Everything was sexy. Yeah. Everything sexy about it. From, the, from, the, from them as a band to the videos to the music to the style to the gigs and everything. Like they just they did everything right and and i think they've said um i know it's a it's a bit of a, a joke thing now but when on the last tour when zane said zane low said am is a perfect album isn't it and alex kind of fought for a second and said i think that was on purpose <laughs> but i think it was because i think what he means is it, it was because they really like i've seen jamie say and it was the first time they really they looked at every single aspect of it and how can we do change this and make it perfect so that it was like didn't because they were very raw before that and just recorded live didn't they and this was the one where they changed that up and really got into the sort of nitty-gritty of producing it and it just yeah the whole thing again another like when we talk about the humble documentary i'd love there to be some documentary movie of footage from around this time like because it must be so I just, in my head like at the time i remember just always fantasizing about this them, them in la going to parties and then at, at the night going being in the studio all night in this space in la and going out drinking and coming back and honing this sound in this suit like cool it must have just been it must have just been the coolest thing ever making this album i can't even i could just can you imagine how they must have thought when they were doing it like wow these tunes are like they must have felt like i know people don't know when it's going to be like a big hit or commercial but i think they must have thought like this could be a, a big one because it, it, it it's really interesting from that aspect of it because for a band that's been i mean they've been going for like 20 years or so now but to have yeah two generation defining albums yeah that define different generations it's i mean i mean oasis were, were going for what 15 nearly 20 years and they they never had that like probably the, the biggest rock band to come out of this country apart from arctics and like yeah in recent years you know recent generations so for that it's just astonishing that you've got these two generations of fans like two different ages and they've and hopefully there'll be a third on the way hopefully there'll be a third like generation defining album i would not i think there will no i think there will be to be quite honest with you um but I, I think they do that i think they build towards something because if you think about the process it was weird because they did suck it and see and that came out and it was i mean i've obviously my favorite album so it was great and then then halfway through that alex changed his look and the band because they already had that kind of look and then they changed it into this sort of la 60s look type thing and then with the jackets and stuff and then and then a year into that a year after that they dropped are you mine as a track and it that blue i mean that's a song that i think gets very short shrift by the fans or oh, people forget 
what a good song that is. That that's because it, you know, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song on AM, but I would also say it's my favorite song on AM because I, I think it's, I think it, I still stand by. I've not heard a better rock and roll, and I, as I always say, very specifically, rock and roll, not rock. I haven't heard a better rock and roll song than Are You Mine that that had the perfect riff and lyrics in since then since it got released i haven't heard another song that's that's been as cool as that when it dropped and i remember it changed everything when it dropped waking up and get seeing the video and being like whoa what the fuck is going on this is amazing i thought we were past the point of doing something like that i guess maybe but i just unexpected and then that changed everything and then you think i wonder what the album's gonna be like and you find out that your mind's on it and that and you're like "Mm." so it's gonna be so i was like oh it's gonna be like that then it's just gonna be rock songs and you hear do i want to know and you go yeah okay that's a bit similar I was a bit of a hip-hop vibe and then you hear how you mind and you go yeah that's how the album's gonna be and then you hear it and what you get is um you know dre 2001 <laughs> type album for some of some of it yeah um, there's everything in there literally every genre they've ever been influenced by is in there in, in one album it's like it's like this is what they were working towards from oh yeah from beneath, beneath the boardwalk onwards and then just everything converges and it's I, perfect. I've said it before. I think that is what happened in that it was the culmination. It was the, that album is the culmination of their influences growing up with um, people like Roots Maneuver and Helder's hip-hop influence and that. And it's also Jamie's influence with Black Sabbath and stuff, stuff like that with the rocker elements. Um, all their influences together. It, it's, it's that sound that they were doing, which was rock hip-hop with the first album. There's that and then the second album obviously favorite nightmare as well and doing stuff like the song with dizzy and then going out to be with somebody like josh home in la falling in love with la um and then suck it and see being the first um thing with james ford in la and having this kind of some rock songs on it that are a bit queens of the stone age-esque particularly the b-sides having these love songs on there as well these melodic songs and having this sound it all came together to create am and that's why after that i think a change had to happen because i think they had taken that to its extreme you can't they had taken that to its pinnacle because what do you do after that when you've when you've been building towards something and then you achieve it and it's perfect you then have to change otherwise it's probably just not going to be the same ever again so Mm. i honestly think that's what happened and and it was so big as well. And do you ever think about like songs or albums of, of, of being influenced by the place they're recorded? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine an album that sounds, oh, there are albums that sound the same as it, like 2001 by Dre, for example. There aren't, I can't imagine an album that couldn't sound any more like a band's recorded it in LA. It sounds like an LA album, yeah. doesn't it? It just sounds like they've recorded it in LA. I picture it all the time, and um, uh, it's kind of and there's a lot of songs and albums like that. I think the Eagles Hotel California, obviously called Hotel California, but I do picture very specifically like Dusk of LA. I think when I hear that, rather than anything else. But but um, but yeah, I think AM is like it is LA. It's entwined in it. I think there's no way around it. Um, even though weirdly, obviously, Why Do You Come When You Hive is in London. The video. But um, I still think it just had that. It just makes you did it ever at the time. It just made me want to go out all the time, though. That was the only, the only never like just being whenever I'd listen to it, I'd be like, oh, I've got nothing to do tonight as well. I'd be like, oh, fuck's sake, something I've not had since okay. the first album, really. Yeah, yeah. Of like, oh, I need to go out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was also an album that made people who had 
been slagging them off because of Hamburg a second and say I felt thought thought they weren't living up to what people wanted like they still do now. AM was the one that made everyone go like oh yeah everyone shut their mouths and no one could say anything bad about it could they really? Um, but it also made a lot of people that don't like this type of music hate them profusely put them in the spotlight and that's why people that don't like this genre i think really viscerally don't like them is because when you see a band getting all these laudits that you don't like you like gets you more furious i suppose yeah. but um but no it was just it had a cultural impact that was like even the people that don't know them everyone will know um don't want to know or you know why do they call when you high i've seen americans where um they'll do videos online and they'll be like i've never They'll go like listen to Artie Monkey's song or whatever, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, I've never really heard them, but I remember that song." Like, do I want to know something on the radio or something like that? So it just kind of became a, I don't know, yeah, it took them to another tier, culturally, didn't it? I think I think "Do I Want to Know" in particular became one of them songs that was just ubiquitous that every, everyone knew. You know, you know stuff like, I mean, it's better than it, but Mr. Brightside, that that type of thing where it's just it's just there. It's, yeah, you, you know, everyone knows it. Everyone's aware of its presence and stuff. And it's, it's yeah, yeah. Strange. Similar to Mr. Bright, Mr. Brightside, I don't think has left like the top. I think it's been in the top hundred of the UK charts ever since it released. It's never mm. never fallen out of the top hundred. And I think AM might might be the same. The album. I think I'm pretty yeah. sure the album has stayed in the charts constantly. Well, want to be yours hit over a billion fairly recently, didn't it? Mm. Obviously, I do want to know, and that did it a while ago. But I'm pretty sure. Oh, why do you only call me? One of the two recently hit over a billion on the stream, so that would imply, yeah, that it's still getting obviously heavy rotation from people. But um, but yeah, I I think it it was you know as well. I do think there's something. Yeah, you're right. From the beginning, this is the pinnacle of of everything, and also just those few years between 2011 to this you had to have everything happen the way it did from before that and particularly during that time even i think the black keys tour as well when they opened for them um on tour that that made it because i think one thing i'll always say about them is that and again perfect storm they did the america thing right they because they they didn't have the ego of going like oh well we have to play what we have to play small venues here we only play venues in the uk yeah and just going well yeah we will we'll gig because this is a country we're not known in so we'll treat it the same as we did when we were an unsigned band Mm. well we'll do it and and at the point they were at they were reasonably well known in america they had a fan strong fan base in 2011 so a lot of bands would have gone opening for the black keys no i'm not going around opening for another band where Fucking Attic Monkeys, we don't open. But no, you have the humble thing to go, well, that's really going to build our presence with a rock crowd as well, or people that like blues stuff like in America that don't know us because we're going to come on first and play our kind of cool rock tunes as well. Um, Just doing the, yeah, building your presence. So then when it was perfect for them because AM was then an album that that would open them up into the, the market even more in America because of all the work they'd done before as well. So um do you think under a different... Do, uh, here you go. Was it not nominated for any Grammys when we saw them? We were shocked, like, or, or barely any. That's a bit of an over. That's an oversight on the Grammys part, surely, because it was a it was a well received album universally. So I don't. Yeah, that's very odd. Won pretty so much strange. every other award going. I, that's so strange because he swept the board everywhere with it. Because I, I think as a, an, in the band categories, a it kind of fits the Grammy mold because they love hip hop and stuff in the Grammys. Mm. B it. It was definitely the biggest alternative music album, if you're going to put it in there. Um, and, and also definitely the biggest album by a British band that year, or, or sorry, by a non-American band that year, I would say. So 
I don't, yeah, it's a very odd oversight for it not to, because I, I always used to think, like, I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, this is going to be their Grammy-winning album. Because if you're not going to win a Grammy for AM, what are you going to win a Grammy for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is that's a perfect said, album. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> like, yeah, I just find that so odd for an oversight, but but maybe that's just because of the profile. Do you think if, because I did always used to think, like, it could have easily gone to number one on the bill. I assume it went to number one on the um, billboard chart in terms of alternative music. Um, let's have a quick look. I mean, it's in a lot of top fifty. It was in all. It was number one in a lot of top fifty albums of that it, year. It was Although n- the, the, number six on the Billboard two hundred. So number six is very was, high to be in the Billboard. Very high. Like, and, also that, and that's the main. That's first, the main Billboard chart. Yeah. That's the main Not Billboard the chart. And then it was first in the top alternative albums. First in the US independent albums. First in the US top rock albums, and first in the top tastemaker albums. That's all. All that's all the Billboard charts. So how it didn't get nominated for any Grammys, at the very least, best rock album or whatever the categories are, or best best alternative album, or I think it could have just been in the main ones, to be honest. You could have put it in fucking best hip-hop album, to quite honestly, what else was out that year that was better than yeah. a, a hip-hop album? Genre <laughs> yeah, very, very odd. Best rock album. It was, I think it was the best rock album that year. i just seen here in the mag- magazine, Consequence of Sound, top 50 albums of 2013. AM was number 45. I don't know what 45 albums they put ahead of AM that year because I don't remember hearing 45 albums that were bad. Mental. Absolutely mental. <laughs> that's not even... Look, the, thing with, the thing with AM is that's not even... It's not even a debatable like tranquility stuff like that where you can go, it's not other people's cup of tea and you can kind of go, well, you know, we like it. But but with AM, you kind of just go, why didn't it get more plaudits? Because it's clearly just, just speaking... Um, non-biased as a non so that every person is a, an amazing album so i don't <laughs> yeah very odd but the the streams speak for themselves i guess looking at the looking at the weekly charts it's it got it's top 10 everywhere so uh yeah n- number one number one in the uk uh number one in portugal new zealand ireland netherlands denmark croatia Belgium and Australia, um, top ten everywhere else, apart from two two countries uh, letting the side down. It only got to number fourteen in Sweden and twenty three in Hungary. Wow! Which is to be fair, with it being strange. with it being number one in the Netherlands, like what? I mean, to get there, you've what's the population you've got? Like what about eight Lost Boys, Peter Pan, Tinkerbell? That's only like ten people that have got a Captain Hook. It's like, there's not, you know. You've only got to sell that many, really, to get to number one. So, won't be too impressed. Well, the thing is, Captain Hook, he'll buy, he'll have to buy extra copies, won't he? Because he'll always scratch it when he's putting it on the. <laughs> so he's got. Yeah, so every time he puts it on a turntable. He's saying it's a false economy, um, in in the Netherlands. There, yeah. Although he he prefers a little bit of um, when you're in love with a. I was going to say, Dr. Hook, yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you're going love, that way. When you're in love with a woman's more his cup of tea. I always think Dr. Hook would be a good name for an abortionist. <laughs> yep. That's what it says in the tea. <laughs> Leave that one to hang. <laughs> well, that's what they said. That's what they yeah. said when, when they went in there. What do you think's the bigger album? Whatever people say, and that's what I'm not, or AM, in, in their discography. I think you have to put it in different categories because whatever people say AM is is more of a generational album than AM, I suppose. 
and in, and it would always appear in like top whatever British albums, whereas AM might not, but it should. Um, do you think? And that's a follow up question on that. Okay, so that 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 is that, and I think, but AM is obviously more globally commercial than the first one, but mainly because as well, a lot of the themes are more accessible to people outside the UK as well. So, do you think AM would have got way more, even more plaudits than it already did, in success and awards, and people were talking about it being one of the best albums of all time? Because it doesn't really seem to be in those conversations for some reason. Do you think people would be saying that if it was a debut album by a band? Because that always gets more buzzed on it than like a fifth album. Because no one's expecting it in the fifth album. Not many bands, or fucking barely any bands ever have a seminal fifth. You never hear about oh the seminal fifth album that they released. <laughs> like yeah. you know, you go back to like the sixties, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like we said when we were trying to think of bands that have done that, we could only really get Radiohead and Arctic Monkeys uh, uh, that we could add like uh, big albums at that point. But um, yeah. I'm just but, having a look at what the Beatles' fifth album was. So yeah, the Beatles' fifth album was Help. So a good album, but not 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 a seminal one. Really. Uh, no, but people would know it. But yeah, well, um, people would know it. Yeah, but but it's, it's certainly not on the same level as stuff like Sgt. Pepper's or Abbey Road no. or Revolver. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's. It's, do you think it would have been even more bigger received? If it, like if, that, if they were a new band and they dropped AM, I think it would have been even more like. Because do you think it doesn't make it into the top album list because whatever people say, I'm already there. Although Radiohead usually get like four albums in those lists, don't they? So. they usually do. Radiohead usually have like two or three in the top ten of, the, of these lists. I actually think AM is a better album than whatever people say. I'm in terms of everything other than my own love for the first one and nostalgia mm. it's better produced it's better lyrically the they're playing their instruments better it's it's commercially better if that's something you want to talk about I'm not saying i prefer it or that because because what people have got nostalgia and special yeah. feelings yeah, I mean, no, nothing's it. topping whatever people say i'm for me but but like it's like i said it's all that's all wrapped up in the nostalgia and well it, here's a, a, a related question and uh, wrapped up saying about it being wrapped up in the nostalgia and because we were like living the similar life when that first album came out what what were you doing when this album came out what was what was your what was your thing i was i think and i'm ju just gonna check but i'm pretty sure around the time this came out it was 2013 yeah 2013 i was living in a flat in stockport with my friend i was smoking a lot of weed at the time GTA 5 came out two weeks after this. So that's kind of linked in my mind to it. Because at the time, that was like the biggest video game. It still it fucking is. But it was like the biggest video game um, ever. And it was an amazing game. It, it, this whole time for me, there's three things that were interlinked, okay? Uh, personally, there was other stuff like a bad relationship. But yeah, there was, <laughs> there was, there was pop culture-wise, I feel like it was AM, Grand Theft Auto Five, and Breaking Bad were all this circle that linked together because because GTA 5 kind of linked to Breaking Bad because it used a lot of narrative yeah, techniques that, that it yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And it had the little yeah, sipping between different characters and stuff. And then and then it, and then AM, I was playing it a lot of the time, but also obviously um it had an LA feel to it. And I know Breaking Bad isn't LA, but it has that kind of desert vibe to it. And then also the fact that weirdly Alex's girlfriend at the time knew Aaron Paul so he was hanging out with Aaron Paul which was crazy um so it was this weird it was, when I think about that time I definitely think about those three 
things being interlinked. And yeah, what I was doing was I was sitting, I was working in a job that I hated at the time before I made a career change. I was sitting in the evenings on my days off, smoking weed, playing GTA 5 and listening to AM. So they're all linked. Excellent. Yeah, and I was I just... 23, I guess. Yeah, 23. Yeah. 23. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would have yeah. been 20. Yeah, I'd have been 26. Just turned 30. I... Then, really? <laughs> silly, mate. Jesus Christ, don't have any more fucking years on. Uh, I had, I'd just come out of a long relationship and had moved back in with mum and dad. Fucking Sounds hell, familiar. a lot of shit, a lot of shit, a lot of shit. So I had the same experience of AM on the car, basically. Are you mine? Um, right, okay, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so what you were. Just again, so that, that was when I just played GTA 5 and listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we all well, I didn't have a, I didn't have a console at the time, so I had to wait like another year or so before I could get on a GTA. But I so it was when I just I just met my friend Emma then as well. So we were going to we used to go to count county either home or away on the Saturday, and then we'd go out in Chill Hume after. And they used to Chill Hume. They, Chill Hume, yeah, because Emma lived around there at the time. Very right posh. Very right posh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't let me back in now. Ever since well, there, was, there, was, there was a place there that had a had a jukebox. I can't remember what, what the pub was called, but they had a really good jukebox. And I remember putting this just just loading my money in and putting this whole album on. And the Kenny the was it? Uh, we, we were proper chill human. Really drinking there if you like fucking Man United anyway. But um yeah, but anyway, that's yeah when this came out and I, and I do remember as well it making me yeah want to go out. It made, made me. I was in a relationship that wasn't right. It made me even more want to be single. If I'm being honest, this album mm. <laughs> a lot. See, yeah. See, I I was I was single at the time, but I I don't I don't think I really appreciated it. This you run in a bar at this time as well. This album was yeah. No, mm. it, it was just around. That was just around the time that I'd left. I think I was. Okay. So I was working at uh, working at a post office at the time. Oh, like, was that that long yeah. ago that you ran the bar? Right. Okay. I thought it yeah, was like, sooner so, so, than that. So twenty, th- yeah, twenty thirteen ish would have been the time that I left. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've slept since then. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> I know I, a good song think... about twenty thirteen. It's if you need to re-document what it was. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Historical do. document. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember going out on a Saturday night, and then there was a couple of times where we'd been out, and then I went home, only to to find that they'd released a new video for. The next thing, so it was why'd you only call me when you're high? Was the one, and I remember, and I remember getting home absolutely hammered, putting it on, watching the video, and thinking, I want to go back out now, I want, I want, I want to go back out and play. Yeah, it's it was, it did always make me want to just be drunk and be out trying to meet women. That was generally what this because yeah. 10 years ago, I was not you know, I was more of a pariah than I am now. But uh, yeah. Pariah Carey, they, they used to call me about <laughs> <laughs> But it was, yeah, it definitely did. It was just a sexy album on it. It just made you feel like you wanted to be out being sexy all the time, whichever it was. I remember even the whatever, uh, why do you want to call me in your high and the video and everything, it just made me want to be like, I, even though the actual living that kind of being, the, I've, I've very much been the protagonist of that song. The, the person doing the texting and it's not as glamorous as the song is. <laughs> <Making it out. laughs> maybe, maybe if you're Alex Turner, because you're not just like, um, you know, they're probably always going to say yes and they're not going to hate, you know. 
in most situations it's the girl that you've spoken to you've had about four messages with on the dating app and you're setting up a date but then you get drunk and you go it now and all that means is that you it just puts them off doesn't it because yeah, yeah, you know what that yeah. means at 3 a.m getting a text going it now and a picture of your dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah meat yeah m-e-a-t um yeah but, <laughs> the sense of the word the meat cute not so cute um but, um did uh yeah so i i did whole lot yeah the whole time's linked with a lot of weed smoking a lot of drinking a lot of wanting to have sex and a lot of playing good gta 5 but fact on gta 5 that game was so big that i was off on the day off and i was waiting by the door for the amazon delivery of it like come on come on yeah. and knock, knock at the door of the flat i open it postman stood there and I, i'm signing for it and he goes he goes is that GTA 5? But I went, yeah. And he went, oh, I can't wait to finish to go play it. My wife said I got a Hoover when I get in, though. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I remember listening to it. We listened to it a lot and just being like, because I think, again, I got it early. I would have got it before the night for September because I think it, I think it, it was another one. Of, like, oh, some monkeys seem to leak early, don't they? Um, so I definitely had it before the night for September and was listening to like demos of it through the playstation wireless because you used to be able to do a thing on that where you could play music through the game while you were yeah. playing it so i just had am on an am i oh, was sorry in graphic five set in la i should say as well so that's even more of a well you know fake la but yeah all that time is linked into that and going out yeah. and it, yeah if it, it felt like the right again the first album felt like perfect for that time second album felt like that as well this album felt like that for me as well and then when tranquility came out late when it's slightly different perspective on life tranquility felt right for that as well and it's yeah they always seem to be chasing it. maybe because we're a similar age to them in a way you know close you're closer but we're the same pretty much um so yeah they always seem to do that but it, it always feels like but yeah i'd say they've had two generational albums in my opinion this and that i think yeah which, which you don't get a lot record. you can't, you can't you... argue with that can you what's your favorite song then now again subject to change as we uh as we get into the deep dive where we're listening to because we generally well i do i'm sure you do as well is i listen to the song at least once or twice a day every day on the in the six days in between where we're not recording it and i'll so i get a good heavy listen and then i listen to the instrumental and then i listen you know so um at the minute i have one subject so to change I. though what 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 what's yours Right this second, it's uh, gun to your head right one now. For the, one, one for the road right now. Yeah. Right, right now it is. It, it, it never has been at no point in the last ten years has that been oh, right. song on the album. But but now, yeah. Um, Prior to that, it was always it was probably yeah. What was your what, anthem? A fireside uh, before that. Has there been like what's the my mine when it first came out? I think Mama's Arabella. So, I mean, I, I, but again, I'm putting Are You Mine in a different bracket because I just think it's such an important song that I'm kind of saying it's, it's my favorite song on it in like a different way. But, but yeah, it was Are You Mine because that came out before, obviously, way before, um, although a different version, um, slightly. And then Arabella was my favorite. And then my favorite now, and it has been my favorite for a long time, actually, is Knee Socks. Yes. It's been my favorite. It's probably since about six months in. To the first album released, I'd say. Um, I used to listen to oh, my favorite, it's my favorite bit on the album as well. Is the um, you mean, mean <laughs> could be my baby that bit in the falsetto that I could only ever dream of doing. 
That's a song that gets um gets a bit of an unfair unfair press, I think. I Great movie reference as well, though. The set list. Yes, you know the reference, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, the Mean Streets. Being well, because yeah. it opens with "Be My Baby." Mean Streets, yeah. the film opens with "Be My Baby," so that's why they say. Will you be my baby in it? So yeah, yeah what a great that's, that's cool, isn't it? That well, is cool. It, it, cool for, for an album that oozes cool, that is like extra cool. Yeah. Well, this is it. I think Helder's falsetto adds a lot to the coolness. That was peak, obviously, when Helder's falsetto took its its peak as well. But yeah, I think there was also a time. I think because so what what let's go for it. And do I know? Obviously, great. Again, when that came out, but again, underappreciated now because you kind of feel like you've heard it sixty million times. Yeah, so you're that's like, it. yeah. it's just one of them. That's yeah, constantly yeah but but if I could hear it again for the first time today, I'm sure I'd think it was like the best thing they've ever done. So then I mind. One for the road's an interesting choice. It's it's one of the ones I don't crack out anymore. You know, I forget about it. I often forget about it. As do the band, it seems. But I I, yeah. <laughs> I crack out. But I do love one for the road because that is the first after the first two, and you think, oh, they're doing this rock album. It's pretty much uh, just a hip hop tune that in it. It's just yeah, and I love the music video taking the piss out of like a rap video, but it's on a tractor, you know, with the, with the car yeah. and the angles different. Uh, and then you got Arabelle, which is kind of another rock tune. Again, more than a hip hop tune, although vibes, obviously. I want it all, which you didn't like, but you changed you. It's growing on you. I love a want it all. It's just a glam rock tune, but I love it for that bit, as we've already said, when he goes falsetto in the middle. I just love that. And that's sexy. That bit is like one of the sexiest moments in the arts for me when he says, drank miniature whiskey yeah, yeah. and shared a Coke. I'm like, yes, I want to be in one of those motels with some tart. At the time, this was my fault. The whole album. Oh, with Alex. The whole album. Oh, with Alex. And a tart. <laughs> and a lady. Um, <laughs> and a, <laughs> But for the whole album at the time was just fantasizing about like yeah being this being out in LA and meeting women like it was just it really there was a period of time where I considered just packing my bags and just going I think I really fell into its like spell and yeah being in one of those motels drinking miniature cokes uh, sorry miniature whiskeys um what did he say drinking miniature whiskey where he drank miniature whiskey and shared your coke hmm. I'm I'm starting to worry that that's a drug reference I haven't got again. Yeah. Why do I keep not getting these yeah. Coke references? Yeah. Yeah. I'd always assumed it was it was because you have you drink some of the drink of whiskey and then you share the bottle of Coke. Because it's too it's too normally he hides it. He wouldn't just say share your yeah. Coke, right? Yeah. yeah, I made a note of that the other week when I listened to it. Do you think it's a drug reference or not? Because I think it's too obvious. No, I don't think it is. It's, it's right, too so I've not missed another great one. Yeah. No, no, you haven't. He wouldn't say that, would he? He wouldn't say. Shady no, coat. It wouldn't like, just... outright come and say, like, like in in well, the, it could version also be. Of, the version of Nettles on Live at the Apollo, where it says louder, louder, marching powder. You know that that's his. That's the kind of drug reference he's going to make, and he's not going to be. Yeah, well, yeah, coat. like the Fig Tales one, I didn't get, or a whole song about doing coke that he, that we'll review in the future, which which is um, the lyrics. Don't say it, but if you've ever taking a lot of cocaine you'll you'll see the <laughs> you'll get yeah, the, the, the yeah never thought that before again because i think it's too obvious and because he says miniature whiskeys and you think about the cokes in the fridge and sharing one as you do it so um and then obviously yeah number one party album was that was kind of my favorite for a while as well i think to be fair because it's like it's like a suck it and see song but sexy that's how I always think of it. It's like there's love songs that suck it and see, but then amped up in an LA fucking strip club, sexy as fuck, like type. That was my favorite for so long. That was. It's, it's I do like the lyrics. And again, with Alex, it's that thing where it's really sexy, but the lyrics are actually about something quite insecure. So, as we'll get to, but um, you know, what's your least favorite one in the art? Well, so what I want it all is your least favorite, actually. It's what it is. You know what? I'm not sure because. 
I can t- as as we discussed about I don't think I have going one, to be see them live when we talked about set lists and stuff. I want to be yours, maybe. Yeah, I think now it has because I think at the time I thought I really liked it and thought it was really cool. And I like how it sounds like a sort of a Leah tune or something, and it's got these ridiculous lyrics. But um yeah, if I'm gonna crack on I really want to listen to AM now. Hopefully everyone who's listening to this is gonna go listen to AM after this. Just, yeah. When we talk about it, you go, Oh yeah, that album. No I'm um, doing tonight now. I think it gets uh <laughs> your pants off. I think it gets a short drift, <laughs> like I said at the start, in terms of well, even us, we've said it before about yeah, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think when when all these fans come on and and want some and you, you see yourself as a proper fan and they're just the hangers on and stuff, it makes you put off the thing, the commercial thing, in the same way that you know, Radiohead fans hate creep and and stuff like that, and Oasis, well, not Oasis fans, but like other bands that don't like some of the tunes. But I think Blur fans and Part Life are a bit like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I think AMs fell into that trap of us forgetting how great it was, um, yeah. just because it was so big and we love the band, and because they changed direction, and you get a bit snobby, like, mm. yeah, I, can't, I can't think of, but, but there isn't a song I don't like. No, there isn't no, a song no, I don't like. And there isn't a song that I would even say, like, even dislike a little bit. I love them all. No, there's nothing I dislike. No, nothing no. Right. It is a perfect album in that sense. Um, his, what do you think? Lyrically, at this point, was this his best? I know Suck It and See is very good. Yeah, I think thematically as well. A lot of it's very close to the first album. Very similar. Well, obviously, we'll comment on, but we'll dig into it. It's similar. pretty much the first album, but as a, and that's probably why we connected with it as well. Is it's the first album, but when you're about five years older, I'd say. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's about going out shagging, basically, isn't it? So um, and hitting people up. I mean, why do you only call me when you're high? And and from the afternoon are essentially about similar things, aren't they? You know, yes. and chapter in your inbox, etc. Why do you want to come here? I get short shift as well. And I, I never put that on, but I should because it's great. I think the, the singles are the least ones I listen to. Right, it's, um, it's astonishing. Talking of singles, do what I know, are you mine? One for the road, Arabella, why do you want to come when you're high and snap out of it? All singles. That's, that's like that's like some Green Day American Idiot level ah. like singles releasing, isn't it? You just reminded me that my my least song, favorite song on the album is "Snap Out of It." <laughs> it all, always was for me, but um... I don't know why. And it, again, I don't dislike it by any means. But if you put a gun to my head and said the song that that you least like on the album, I would say if I had to give one up, if, you, if I had to give one of the songs up to never listen to again. Okay, well, yeah. What's the song you give up if you if you could never listen to a song on AM again? Mine would be "Snap Out of It." I think. Mine would have been because I, I was constantly bemo- bemoaning the fact that it's constantly in the set list still. Like when there's other songs that I'd rather hear, but Need I, just, I, just, I just think I just think it's cool. Yeah, but I, if if there's one I could never hear again, I'd, I'd probably pick once again. I want to be yours. I was I'm quite happy with the John Cooper Clark musical version there. I'm I'm, I'm quite I'm quite happy with that. I'd, I'd, I'd still have that. You're not taking that away from me. So and and that. <laughs> I'd, no, we I, are. I um, <laughs> it, what's the song that you, if you could have one? No, sorry, if you, if you could, if you, if you could only listen to one song in AM ever again. See, it, it's not even a song that, that really is a good representation of the album musically, but number one party anthem. Well, I'm going to have to divide it because I'm going to have to say Are You Mine because I couldn't give up Are You Mine for the rest of my life. I just couldn't. Mm. I love that. I think it's a great tune. So let's take the singles as red. 
Um, mm. It would be knee socks then for me, yeah. But no, I'd hate to have to give up no one party anthem there. If if you if you could only hear one of the songs live again, taking the singles as red. If you could have okay, if you could only ever hear any of the singles again, actually, which one would you pick out of the singles to hear again? Singles probably. I'll probably have Arabella. I'd want to hear Arabella. You'd want to hear Arabella again. Yeah, that's tough to give up Arabella, isn't it? But I'm gonna have to say, are you mine again? I think if you had to, if you had to give up. I'm going to say, okay, I can have Are You Mine because they released it in 2012, so I, don't, I can have that still anyway. Um... See, what, what, I'm, I'm hoping when the, when the men come and impose this awful selection choice on me, I can you just say, well, it. no, I can, still keep, I can still keep the single version of Are You Mine from here before. So I've got okay. a loophole. It's fine. So I would keep Arabella, yeah. If you had to give up one of the tunes on the, from the singles to never hear again out of the singles, which one would it be? Oh, this is going to be controversial. Do I want to? Do I want to know? I think I'm going to say do I want to know as well. It's but, not that, but it's, one for it's the road maybe though as true. well because I I could not hear that ever again. I think and be okay with it because mm. I haven't listened to one for the road apart from when I put the vinyl on or something. I haven't clicked. I haven't searched and clicked on one for the road mm. in years. I've got nothing against it. I just haven't. But do I want to know? Yeah, but it's because it's just been done to death on it, and we've heard it so many times live and on every live gig. And yeah, I don't know. And I think it's I think it peaked with being the opening of the AM tour and the Glastonbury yeah. and everything. And it's not now. It's like in the middle of the set. It's not yeah, as it's interesting. Weird, it's not as interesting, yeah. is it? I actually would. Yeah, it's never going to get if I was them, it, but... No, if I was them, I would have. I'd still have it just as the opening of the encore. To be quite honest with you, why not keep it? I think it suits. Uh, an opening of some kind, usually. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, much like this album made me feel <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. Um, what's your, what? Yeah, if you can only hear one of them live again, taking the singles as red. We. Uh, I can't. Oh, this is horrible. Um, knee socks. Yeah, same. It's a great live yeah. tune as well. Especially if they do the version they did last year with like where it goes all Queens of Stone Age at the end. Oh, yeah. That, that was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think they could improve that song live and then they go, they go and do that. I'm just like, well done, lads. Well, you forget because of the way the style of the song is, the, the actual guitar is perfect. And also, I used to love the way they'd start it live where it would be the... Yeah. And that guitar live is really because obviously they had to kind of, I think this was the first time that they had to try and adapt the songs live because the sounds had been so produced in the studio that they had to recreate a lot of that sound live, which was a struggle. So they they had to do that. And the, the knee socks guitar live is absolutely sexy as fuck. That, like, yeah, knee socks is my favorite song on the album. That's confirmed all of it. Um, yeah, I'd also have knee socks as a live song. If you if you only had to hear one of the singles live ever again, which one would it be? Mine would be Are You Mind, just whatever. Uh, well, I'm still using my loophole there, so no, well, no, because it's they had the 2012 one, so they're not gonna play that song live at all. It's not not about you listen to it; it's about them playing it live. So they're not right. gonna. Yeah, it's probably gonna be Are You Mind then, because it's because it's. The, I still the think closer. it works. Yes, oh. yeah, I still think it works. Is the the closer? It's great. Um, Unless they decide it... to bring certain romance back as the closer, in which case I'd be like. Sorry, that's... I think, well, it's, yeah, I think, for me, Are You Mine is like the the new, the, the the dance floor of its day, but much better. 
Um, although dance floor is more culturally like important, I guess. But also um, some yeah, quick brief of, of videos from this. One for the road video, obviously great. Um, why do you only call me when you're high? Funny and great. Obviously, like him seeing like them fucking in there. It's very unlike them. They never do. They don't shagging in a video before, despite the fact all the songs are about it. The I mean, are you mine? Video is the best. I'd say, and also shout out yeah, to yeah. the second Are You Mine video, which is the the live performance filming, which is amazing to do to just shoot it in one shot oh, like that as a Birdman cool. style. Um, yeah, that's a great video. Um, I love that video, but yeah, especially the start the start when Alex Seven is fagging away to go on stage, and it was just like, oh, you're so cool, you're also fucking yeah, yeah. cool. You it's can't not fairly take it. I mean, the amount of times I've got absolutely fucked and forced people to watch that video, and in, in my yeah. fart is like, yeah. Mucho, mucho, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> the video to one, one for the road is funny. One for the road is a great. Like I, I like I say, I, you know, what, I'm going to listen to it now. I want to listen to it because I forget about how cool that is, and also how sexy it is as well as a song as well. And that kind of idea of that one for the road. You know, you're going to hang back and you're going to basically fuck it, being the kind of yeah. There's a video. There's another video, isn't there? Am I forgetting one? So there's snap out of it. Uh, yes, probably my least favorite video, actually. Of, of yeah, oh, definitely the worst video they've done. Yeah, ever. Oh, I thought you yeah. said it. You said you said it in a way of ever, and it was a very definitive way well, that you said that. I think in terms of in terms of the videos where, and so I'm not counting like the fake tale, both videos for fake tales, where it's just. Oh no, maybe I should count. Yeah, okay, maybe not ever, but it's, <laughs> it's one. It's one of the worst, definitely. <clears throat> In time, time on a tradition, as we do every week, we with every track we do, we talk about our favourite lyric in the track, our favourite bit of music in the track. So we'll do that here because it'll be interesting when we get round to doing the wrap up of this album once we covered it. It'll be interesting to see how that changes. So let's go for our favourite lyric. Too busy with the mind on clever lines. Mine is. It's got to be because I, I think it's one of my favorite lyrics that he's ever done. So it's got to be um, like a helter skelter around a li my little finger and she rides it endlessly. No, it's got it's got no, be. yeah, that, that <laughs> is just the sex, possibly the sexiest lyric ever. It's yeah, now I, I, as much as I want to pick that, I did have another one in because I had a feeling you were going to choose that as well. So mm -hmm. I had another one in reserve, which is. It's not like I'm falling in love. I just want you to do me no good. Probably the second sexiest oh, lyric of all time. Yes, that that lyric, number one party anthem, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it's again so true of that. I remember at the time, so like wanting to just you know be free and single and just you know as you do, um, as is my want, and um, as is my want, um, and and that kind of that's the perfect description of. It's not you know, and I'm not looking to. I just, yeah, I'm looking for a good time. Not here for a long time, just a good time. It's like Alex's yeah. version of that, but less creepy. <laughs> yeah. More a sweet, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. And again, shout out, I just, I love the the fact that he's referencing a Scorsese film in a falsetto part of it. Not just referencing the film, referencing a use of a song at the opening of the film as well. It's just a cool yeah, so cultural reference, yeah. So yeah, got to do that. But also, sexy as fuck is, um, as we said, a share, a drink, miniature whiskey, and shared coke. Yeah, and it, and it also, and then, the yeah. Lyrics, aren't we? Oh fuck, that's a, this yeah, album. Don't yeah, believe well, the hype towers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this album is just sexy lyrics, and I mean, even like you know, my girlfriend always says about do I want to know. She says when we say like, oh yeah, it's easy to forget how good it is. She always says, but you forget about the great like, lyrics like. Um, 
fall asleep on your settee and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And that, yeah, that does have a different, um, you forget a lot of the good lyrics. And let's not even, I mean, now you mind, we could talk about the lyrics on that. They're fucking great as well. So, um, another cultural reference in there to um, <laughs> Thunderbirds of all things. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll be digging into all of that when we get to it. But what's your, your fa fa favorite musical moment? Then? This, this is horrible because there's so much to pick from. But as of this moment, mine's actually from that particular song that we've used for the jingle. It's from Mad Sounds. My moment. It's the. I forgot about Mad Sounds. I haven't even mentioned that. Fucking hell. I, I, I know. I know. I've, I've got. Oh, I, I do like that. Oh shit! That, that that should have come into some of my lists of sort of songs that I really like as well because I love that. Um, it's the the part where the where he stops singing. It just comes to the bass and the organ comes in. And it's the same bass line as is it it might be my my girl by the temptations it's a very similar bass line to that it's underrated song but bad sounds not my girl by famously not underrated song because i reckon a lot of people listening to this and i could be wrong sorry fans or maybe more the the general reader mad sounds would probably be the least favorite song on the album but that's not right because it's a cocker um, but, you know, but in, in the midst of all the i think in the midst of all the commerciality of the album mad sad sounds is one that the average person would be like mm, yeah, i'm not sure about that one yeah favorite musical moment has got to be a thing i mean you got to put the fucking out of your mind riff aside because i mean just take that as red yeah i'm gonna have to say the solo in arabella because there's never a point where that doesn't get my juices flowing so yeah <laughs> Um, but then I've, the, the bass line from Why Do You Only Call Me When You're High as well. It just, I just, it's a perfect album. You know what I'm going to say? Too much. Well, as like a kind of final thought on this album is, I think this is both the best album. It lives in a space of being their best album, but also not their best album. Mm. I think I think that's where it lives because because I can't deny someone saying it's the best album. Like, I could fall short in a heated debate about that if someone knew the Runyons. So like, cause, and and also I think this is an album that I'm intrigued for us to cover. So stand by people. Cause I think where I would place it in the list in my head of my album order, if you were asking me today would be relatively low, I guess. But I just have a funny feeling that when we do the deep dive on it, that it's going to end up in a higher position than I originally thought is what I'd say. That wouldn't surprise me. Damn. But I would never argue someone saying it's the best album. I think I'd say, well, okay. As yeah. long as they were a proper fan that listened to all of the albums and didn't just say they weren't sure after the fifth one. But like if they were a proper yeah. fan and they said the AM is the best one, I wouldn't take them to task on it. Get your mind up, people. Did they go shit after the second one? Did they go shit after the fifth one? Make your bloody mind the... up. <laughs> yeah, they can't. Can't. And then when the next one's great, they'll move back to that, uh, them being great again. And then, yeah, yeah that's good. And, be, then, yeah, and yeah. one after that, will be experimental. And people go, they've lost it again. <laughs> like, yeah, the 45 now. So can we can we drop this shit now? That's about as good a place as anywhere to wrap it up, really, because we're not going to, I don't think you're going to say it. It's just going to go downhill from saying we've already gone like into really point there. We've got, yeah, we've gone into more depth than we expected to anyway because obviously this isn't supposed to be much of us um discussing it because we will be doing the full the full thing we didn't even talk about like the b-side that's more the era though than the album this is the celebration of the album because the, the some of the b-sides in this era are 
as well. So, yeah, chef's kiss. We've got that to come in about 10 years. Right, don't forget, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our others, go in the episode description and find all our links to all our stuff. You can subscribe. Not Jamie Oliver. For those of bonus stuff. Just clarifying the chef now. It should be quite too much saliva, I think, left on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might give Gordon Ramsay a kiss. I reckon that would be a dry lip. I could just move on, whereas Jamie Oliver, there'd be too much presence left. Well, it's Gordon Ramsay would have saliva like on his face from all the shouting and screaming. He's going to be spitting mm. a bit. So, so there's going to be saliva there. Well, I'll just stick to Nigella then. <laughs> Is the correct answer. <laughs> you beat you through it. That, that's, that's the only chef whose fluids I want anywhere near me. Right, this is the hit. Check out, check out all our links in the episode description. Like, follow, rate, review, subscribe. It's much appreciated. Check out our subscriber content. Very reasonable prices. Dan, say goodbye to the nice people and the horrible ones. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, though. It's not, not going, <laughs> going away, is it? Bye, yeah, it everyone. Did. It did after that, funnily enough. Bloody fucking hell, <laughs> did, didn't it? Oh, they'll have brought it back by the time. Oh, no, this episode's going out in like a month's time. I was going to say, yeah, by time that advanced on... four years from that. By the time we get onto this album properly. Well, that'd be great timing, wouldn't it? Like... If they release another album in 25 as we're doing AM, or as we're in the middle of or near the end of AM, they release another rock album. That would be a good juxtaposition. Not just a position, actually. That's not the right word, is it? Really good. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like it. Is, is We'd like it. Yeah. It'd be and a good chat. All that, all that matters, really. Right. Let's go. Bye. Bye. She's a silver lining, a lone ranger riding through an open space. In my mind, when she's not right there beside me, I go crazy because he's the one I want to be. And satisfaction feels like a distant memory And I can heal myself alright One of us is, are you mine? Well, are you mine? Are you mine? Are you mine? Oh, Believe the Hype is hosted and produced weekly by Nick Lee and Dan Holt. Music used in the titles is royalty-free music courtesy of Les FM. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast player of choice to be notified every Wednesday when a new episode is released. And if you want to help us out further, be sure to like and review to help make us more visible to like-minded souls. We'll see you next week with more of the same.